0: Hello, and welcome to the Talking Bible Podcast. Uh, what episode are we on? 16. 16. I think 16. Yeah, I think it's 16. So, um, hello. Uh, my name is Brayton Osterwall. I am a youth pastor at the Lighthouse Church in Vancouver, Washington, and I am joined by my co-host, Nathan Blondino, who is the uh, head usher and also a leader in the youth group at the Lighthouse as well. Um Today, we are going to be starting our series, our four-part series, going through the book of Jonah. Um, we're also going through it with the youth uh, at at our church, so uh, this is going to be a fun one. It's mm-hmm. going to be a fun one. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Um, but we always start with prayer um, before we get into the Word. So I'll pray, and then Nathan will get into the Word. So uh, take a bit, open your Bible, really get into the word, read it with us. So dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you are just such a good and gracious God. And even though um, we don't have everything, you have everything and that you uplift us and that you support us, uh, that you make us whole. So we just ask for your divine presence to be here and that you would speak to uh, the people listening to the podcast Um, and that you would use us, Lord. Um, We just want to honor you, and we want to come humbly before your feet. Uh, So we just submit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. All righty, so we're in uh, Jonah 1, um, and then we'll, I think once I read it, we'll go through a little bit of the context and and just kind of start off there. Yeah. Um, So Jonah 1, 1. Uh, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, uh, that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? What people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did, not, uh, did their best to row back to land, but they could not. For the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for, kill, for killing an innocent man, for you, for you, Lord, have done what, as you pleased. Uh, then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. It's uh, This story, <laughs> I think, um, for a lot of people... Uh, that it like raises it. It certainly raises questions. Definitely that that very last part um, about the fish. Um, I know that this can, for some people, like if you're if you're definitely skeptical about certain aspects, there there are definitely going to be stories that you struggle with in the Bible. Um, but this is this Jonah just happens to be one of the stories that Jesus Jesus uh, actually quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And so. <clears throat> um, I really think that if you want to tackle believing in the story of Jonah, you, you need to tackle believing in Jesus first, if you are a skeptic, or if you, if you um, do have, you know, some skepticism with this story. Um, but even if it were, even if it were just hypothetical, or even this, like, cause you know, the, the Bible does use analogies at times. Jesus uses, um, you know, the parables and and they're not actual people, but they but they bring out, they bring out a story. And I'm not saying that that's what I believe. I do believe that this was an actual story, an actual event, an actual person, mm-hmm. um, actual group of people, yeah. um, because this doesn't sound like a, this sounds like a historical, like a historical story. That's, that's what I get from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this definitely does raise like con- some concern with certain people. And so um, I hope we do a good job of kind of depicting what, why we think it's real or um, just the truth of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've never really come from any other perspective than believing that this was real because mm-hmm. the prophets, um, which Jonah is part of the prophets, yeah, they were speaking to people, real people and countries exactly, and yeah. all of those things. So um, it's very, very likely, especially with the historical context that we know about Assyria and mm-hmm. Nineveh um, for the motive for God sending them out. Um, that it is very, very uh, not not only possible but likely that that God was sending him there to speak to those people. Right. Um, so I don't think I don't think the validity is even in question, uh, especially the fact that Jesus references the yeah. Book of Jonah exactly. Yeah. Um, that the validity the validity of the story is even in question. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and and we're also going to do our best to try and provide a I mean we're just laymen. I'm I'm not classically trained in, in in theology and 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 Bible study. We are just doing our best to interpret the word and and interpret the word from the word. Yeah. You know, not from our own preconceived yeah. notions. Right. So uh but yeah Jonah is a is an interesting book and it really encompasses um the father's heart towards people and not just the Jews, but all people. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just how you can draw some parallels between Israel and um, Israel at this time being unwilling, you know, in in the prophet, which Jonah is uh, often referred to as the reluctant prophet. Um, So Jonah representing Israel's reluctance to uh, preach, To the Gentiles, especially those who would have been deemed as unsavable or unworthy of saving, Mm -hmm. um, as we see in Jonah's eyes in the later chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we should do the geography. Yeah. Talk a little bit about
1: the geography, because when when he when he when when Jonah is trying to get away from the Lord. Yeah. Tarshish is like considered the edge of the world. Yeah. Um, It's like when he goes down to Joppa from Joppa, it's like twenty five hundred miles Yes, uh, to the
0: to the west. Joppa and Tarshish are twenty five hundred miles away, um, compared to from his home, which was in northern northern Israel at that time, because mm-hmm. it was separated uh, between the two the southern and northern. The ten tribes being the northern, and the two tribes being the southern. Um, Nineveh would have been five hundred and fifty around there miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah a vast difference. Yeah. Whereas like where we live, we live in Vancouver, Washington. Um, the equivalent from his journey to Nineveh would have been, uh, us to San Francisco. And then the equivalent from him going Joppa to Tarshish would be us going across country. Yeah. So like San Francisco to like DC, you think, or like, yeah, around just all the way across the country, just all the way across okay. the country. It doesn't, doesn't really matter it's it's just a it's it's a equivalent you know yeah yeah. it's not it's not going to be perfect but just so that you guys can get a picture um in your head of just how far he was going Mm -hmm. um and you know yeah there's reasons for that but let's get into some of the the context of the people yeah um especially the assyrians so the assyrians were extremely violent and extremely ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that uh, that he was to go to Nineveh, the great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Um, so one of the things that they were known for was extreme violence, extreme aggression. Um, they would cut up their they would cut up their their foes into little bite-sized pieces and feed it to their animals. They would use um, psychological warfare, impaling people on sticks, showing just how ruthless and how um, just devastating they were mm-hmm. to the civilian populace so that other countries wouldn't want to war with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so and this m-
1: is modern-day Assyria, right? Assyria, Mo-
0: Modern-day Iraq. Iraq. So Nineveh is about modern-day Iraq, and it would be where the city of Mosul is so that's north, northeastern uh, Iraq. Um, so yeah, that's where the city would be, and it was a, it was a massive city. It was the capital city of Assyria. So Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, and um, actually, I think at that time, I think there's some historical records that show that. Uh, I know that later in the in the story, it talks about the king of Nineveh, right. right. So Assyria at that time was dealing with some pretty heavy inward conflict. Um so it would be very plausible that at that time uh this the 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 country of Assyria would be split into s- like city-kingdoms, like states essentially. Mm-hmm. Um so Nineveh was was on its own and they were the most ruthless of the ruthless. Like Assyria was known for, like like most people who would conquer an area would keep the civilians inside of it, but Assyria was known for coming in and then totally wiping out the entire population. Hmm. You know, men, women, children, all of them, you hmm. know. Um, so that's kind of the historical context that we get from that time. It's about 750 BC. Um, so you're coming about a hundred years or a hundred something years after Solomon's reign and David's reign and all that stuff. Um, So we're getting a, you're getting a picture of a, of a different Israel and Israel that's in the in-between, you know, before the Babylon era. Mm. So, but yeah, so this is, this is kind of the people that Jonah is called to. Um, So, I mean, if we're being empathetic, we can kind of put ourselves in his own position, uh where we're seeing just how much these people are doing, these people's wickedness, they're murdering, they're killing, they're yeah. torturing. Um and being like, God, why are you? Why are you sending me there? Yeah. Um but the Lord sends him there, which is just such an amazing thing because, you know, it, it embodies, like you were saying before, just about how this story is also a picture of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of caveats, I think, of of Jesus, and I think that's probably mm-hmm. why
1: uh, I. That's probably why he's quoting it. So yeah. I, like, and I think once we get later into Jonah, um, like once we like probably finish it up maybe on the last one we can kind of go through and show all of the different pictures of jesus that are that are going on in this <laughs> yeah um i don't think i need to i don't think we get the full picture until we get to chapter four yeah um but but there is definitely the the relation to jesus in throughout all of jonah so mm-hmm. um uh with that said should we just jump in verse one let's
0: yeah let's just go from from verse to verse yeah mm-hmm. um i was thinking maybe we do like
1: verse one and two because it's yeah, so it seems like kind of connected. Mm-hmm. Um, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing that I have for this, it's really strange that as a prophet, like one of the prophet books, um, Jonah's being sent to a different nation. The majority of the time that there's a prophet in the Bible, they're always speaking against Israel or speaking to Israel about something. It's just really strange. I mean, aside from, you know, obviously Daniel um but but with with that said it's just it's it's just kind of strange that 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 god is is specifically telling him to go to this um gentile brutal, city yeah, yeah. Just brutal not just any gentile city but yeah. just this brutal gentile city mm-hmm. it's just so interesting to me uh that that it's um it's it's a really different picture um yeah. and another interesting thing is if they are this brutal Like just like Sodom and Gomorrah, God has the power to, to destroy. Yeah. Like he, he does. And it's, and it's just, when he decides to do these things, there's a reason behind it. He never does it like on, off of a whim, you know, there's always a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And it's the last thing that he wants to do. Yeah. Why does he send prophets? It's a warning. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's his, it's his, um, patience and his mercy that he allows somebody to go and speak on his behalf and say, what you're doing is wrong. I think he does the same thing with us. he
0: does he is patient with all of us mm-hmm. um, he's slow to anger. It's like a physical check. It's yeah. a physical accountability that yeah. God is sending this person to keep you accountable right um to his authority
1: and I think we have brothers and sisters now that that will come up and um yeah,
0: people and, definitely have giftings of of, of yeah you know, I, they'll speak uh, of, the, of the prophet, you know
1: definitely i've had people come up to me and like say things i'm like how do you know this stuff like how did you know that this was going on in my life and how are you speaking directly to this thing that i'm dealing with yeah and that's where it's like that's that's where i think it's really surprising but god works in really strange ways but he does speak through other people mm-hmm. you know and, and, uh, and that's what i think is really interesting but he's a prophet and so um i don't want to just compare everybody to to jonah but <laughs> specifically but um, did you have anything for that verse one or two? Can I go to verse three?
0: Um, I not necessarily verse one and two, but verse three is is something that that definitely is is pretty interesting. Yeah. So let's go but, to verse three.
1: But Jonah ran away from the Lord, and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship uh, bound for that
0: port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So, like we were saying earlier about Tarshish being or. Tarshish. I don't know the correct pronunciation. Correct me if I'm wrong. Put it in the comments or whatever. Um, but the, so the city of Tarshish or Tarshish was um, known as the edge of, edge of the world, as we were speaking of before. I think it's on the coast
1: of Spain, Spain, or is it? Yeah. Right below that?
0: Okay. Yeah. So it would be like in between um, Spain and Morocco. Oh, okay. so it'd be in that area. Gotcha. So at the bottom. Um so, the reason why I think this is so interesting is because he was going to the edge of the world to flee, my my translation says, rose up to free, uh, flee from the presence of the Lord. Um, the thing that's interesting that I think would have, you know, for especially for a prophet, for a learned man who was raised on Scripture— why would he think that he could flee from the presence of the Lord? You know, and in, in in one of the Psalms it says, like, even in the depths of Sheol, you you are still with me, you know? Um, so it's interesting. It's almost like he's trying to flee from the wavelength of God. He's trying to get out of the radio waves. He, he like he has this for some reason, he has this belief that. God only stays within the the vicinity of Israel and the surrounding countries. So he's fleeing from that so that he has, you know, one of the podcasts that I was listening to was like, he's fleeing from it so he has some sort of plausible deniability where he's like, uh, might have heard you, might not have. You know, I went to Tarshish, so whatever, you know. So... I think it's very interesting that he's trying to flee from the presence even of the Lord, even though he is always there. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, yeah, I think um, when I was going through my stuff when I was in high school, like I had an experience in seventh grade. I've talked about it in some of my testimony. Yeah. Um, But I knew I had a calling on my life. I can't really explain God spoke to me and I, I knew that I had a calling on my life, but I ran from it. Um, and it was out of anger. It was out of, you know, it was out of, uh, um, you know, sadness. It was out of a lot of different things, but I was actively running away from God actively. And I, and I guess I, I would, I would even venture to say that it was, that I was running from the presence of the Lord. Um, not that I didn't believe in him anymore. I knew he was there. I just was actively moving against him. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that, Jonah's probably doing the same thing. I don't I don't know if he really even expects to be out. Oh I obviously it says that 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 he's moving away to be away from the presence of the Lord. Um, but I think he knows. Like, I don't know. There's so I don't know. He can't outrun God. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's good. It's, it, it certainly is weird, but I know that in my own life I've definitely ran yeah. away from the Lord at times. Yeah.
0: Um no, and there's definitely times where you, I mean, even in, even in the Christian walk, even when you're, you know, walking, you're, you're a leader in the church, um, there's still times where you feel, you know, and I know that feeling isn't necessarily a gauge of what God is doing, but you feel as if you're running from God, you know, in certain respects, in certain areas I know in my life. Um, I can catch myself running from God, even though I'm working in ministry. And I'm, you know, so there's definitely times where you can feel disconnected and you can feel scared of the potential. And just yeah. like, you don't know everything and you don't have any everything in your control. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if that's was a part what of it steers you me. away, yeah. you know. When you don't have control of the situation or the manner in which it's done, um that can definitely be super scary for a lot of people including myself (laughs) so um but we won't find out until later
1: why he's running away yeah and i don't know if we're i don't know if we'll go over that we might we might touch on it a little bit but um he doesn't doesn't say why he's running away it doesn't say if he's scared if he's um or or whatever it is um which is kind of interesting it just kind of says he's running um doesn't give a reason for it. But okay, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to verse verse four. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Um all the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own god, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Um one thing that I, I think I forgot to say is that it's like
0: speculated that that these are Phoenician men, which mm-hmm. was like the It the, would have been standard at that time to, because they were the best at at navigating the seas yeah. and ocean. Yeah. Mediterranean.
1: Exactly. So these are skilled, these are skilled sailors. Yes. Um and so for them to have this violent storm that rises up, threatening to break the ship, I don't think that's a, that's a I don't think that's a mistake of them putting that in the text. I think that's a like they
0: are, they are scared. They, they think yeah. they're going
1: to, they think they're going to sick.
0: And the picture that I kind of get in my mind is just like this nasty, nasty storm. And it's literally pulling the planks off of the boat. Like one by one, you can hear the, the nails buckling and all of the pressure that's coming in from the surrounding waves. And just this, this, you know, maelstrom of, of, you know, just this darkness surrounding them yeah. and, and, just and thunder yeah. and, and lightning. Um, just almost like, like a picture of the wrath of God, you know, but on the ocean and yeah, yeah, that's kind of the picture that I get when they're talking about this, this specific storm.
1: I'm reminded though, that, that like Jonah's running away and the storms that, that come up, sometimes they're your fault. Like, like not all the time. I'm not trying to say that. I mean, it it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to say that. That it's um, there's
0: definitely a delineation, yeah, and I think people know when exactly. the storm, like yeah. the storm, is brought on because of their yeah. own actions. Yes,
1: I think you you haven't. Jonah knows this is because of him. Yeah, you know he doesn't he doesn't deny it. He doesn't question it. He he will fess up later on in the story. But you know, in my own walk. You know my own time of running away from the Lord. There were things, and there was a storm that came that came over me from my own actions and the things that I was doing. And I knew, and at certain times, I knew I was running away from the Lord. Yeah. But I thought, it, I thought if I just kept running, I could, I could outrun him. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's really what I thought. I thought if I just kept going, he would stop pursuing me. You know, it was like he was always like a couple steps, like he was just always right there behind me, just like trying to catch <laughs> up to me, and I'm just like running from him full speed or whatever. But what? But but the biggest thing that I I, I was so selfish at that time. I was being so selfish that I wasn't thinking about the effect. I mean, I was in high school. I I didn't think of other people at all, <laughs> you know, I was in high school. But but my actions affected the people around me. And so when when I kept running away from God and I kept running away from myself, sinning against myself as well, um, I found that I was falling into such a deep depression and such a deep rut that I was, you know, I, I got to a suicidal point. And that's where it's affecting everybody around me. Yeah. When, when the truth comes out about that and like my family doesn't want to see me go and the people around me don't want to see me go. And I saw the broken looks on their faces or whatever. And it's like, I brought this storm about this is like because of my own active rebellion that these people are hurting. It's like, I don't. And so you can bring a storm about if you run away from God. I just, I know that I had a calling in my life and I was actively rebelling against it. Um, but, you know, I really did need to come back to Jesus. And it took a long, it took a lot longer than it should have. Yeah, But there's pain, and there's anger, and there's all the...
0: Well, God had his perfect timing. He did have his And he knew timing. when you were going to be receptive to coming back to him. Yeah. So... I was tired of running. I was yeah. exhausted. And... It is exhausting running. Depending on yourself to provide and to create your own moral code... Yeah. Um, It's very, very exhausting. And I think we've talked about it on the Progressive Christianity podcast or whatever. Just yeah. like how people you know living without god they're having to create their own moral code they're having to trust that every single decision that they make is going to be the right one right. so you're living without first of all a purpose and without a guide mm-hmm. cuz we are so small and insignificant that we don't we don't know everything about the life so to think that we know everything about the life that we are living is ignorance yeah you know so I kind of get that feeling just about like, you know, Jonah wants to be in control. He wants to, he wants to be making the decisions at least like for his, his role, his, his calling, which is to be a prophet. Um, I'm only going to minister here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to minister there. Yeah. you know.
1: So um, I think verse five, I just want to touch on really quick before we move on from this. Yeah. Um, all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the lighten the ship. I think it's interesting they're doing the sailors are doing everything that they can to fix the situation yeah like honestly like if if we're meant to be anybody in this story it's not definitely not Jonah Mm -hmm. we should be the sailors they're doing everything that they possibly that they know how to do Mm -hmm. um you know I I (laughs) it's just not working though and that's that's kind of the thing if like you're the reason that the storm is being brought about Mm -hmm. like the people around you could do Everything that they're supposed to be do, supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. you know, speaking love to you and telling you that Jesus loves you, doing all the things that my family was trying to do. A lot of at, at, not all, not all of the time, but the, when they did, they they were doing everything that they that they possibly could. Mm-hmm. And it really took my own humility, like me laying this down and choosing to be humble and laying down my pride to bring this about. Yeah, um, which is, I think it's kind of an interesting point that you need to deal with this. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, and I mean, when you're in that situation where there is the storm and it's being brought because of your own, you're almost blind. You're almost blind to it a little bit, yeah, somewhat, yeah, or at least you want to be blind to it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but everybody else can. It, it's interesting how all of the sailors are like privy. They're they understand and they understand that there is. Uh, necessity to deal with the situation at hand, um, but the only yeah. one not wanting to deal with the situation is is Jonah. But yeah, let's yeah. All right, so uh, that's actually I didn't finish
1: verse five, but uh, I'll continue at the where we where we left off. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and he fell into a deep sleep. Um, I just want to make the point there because that's that's the end of verse five. Uh, he's obviously apathetic. Like he doesn't care what's going to happen, the storm's going on. He's already running away from God, and if you're scared, you're not going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've been scared before; I've woken up from a nightmare and I can't get back to sleep. Like if you're scared, you don't you don't sleep. Um, he's obviously apathetic yeah. towards the whole situation; just
0: emotionless. Yeah, he doesn't have any cares. Yes, anymore. yeah. It's almost um, like you get a picture that he would rather die than than minister. To, I think that's the exact,
1: I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, we'll and we'll, we'll see that a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so in verse six, the captain went to him and said, "How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe He won't take notice of us, that we will not perish." Um, I don't. It's. It, I mean, it's still just kind of that same picture that the, the sailor is doing everything that he possibly can to try and fix the situation. But yeah. Um. Still Jonah's apathetic to it. So then verse seven, then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Um, I believe that at, their, at the time, you know, in ancient times, um, like casting lots was like um, kind of like a roll of the, vice, roll of the dice for like a vote or like what we would have, like the drawing sticks, you know, mm-hmm. or drawing straws.
0: Yeah. Um, and essentially kind of the idea that I was listening to a podcast and the idea that they were trying to explain is like, Basically, you're doing a rock, paper, scissors, you know, and whoever, whoever loses in the group is the <laughs> one, you know, that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think
1: it's weird that it would have felt fallen on Jonah. Like if it is just by chance, like did God allow for it to fall on Jonah?
0: You know, and I think God used a means of of a, of a pagan way of understanding, you know, whatever was to happen Yeah. Um, to he used that and he. He he revealed to them that it was Jonah. Yeah, that it was Jonah. There. I do think it's really weird. Yeah. I think it's
1: it's kind of like a weird, but it makes sense. These are, these are pagan guys that mm-hmm. that don't know God.
0: Yeah. Um. So they still rely on their their well and he, their like God yeah. is is creating every circumstance where Jonah can't hide from the truth. Oh, I like that. That's really interesting. Yeah. So it's like it's just this funneling effect where it's like okay. Jonas, Jonas, giving up this giving up that giving up that and then you know eventually the whole truth comes out mm-hmm. you know right so it's just yeah, increasing pressure right
1: mm-hmm. right um so then verse verse eight. so they asked him tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us what kind of work do you do where do you come from what is your country from what people are you um I don't really have anything for that I think they're just curious like they they just want to know they want to get to the bottom of the situation yeah um and it is kind of that interrogation kind of a thing mm-hmm.
0: um, of they're trying to get the truth out of him yeah exactly yeah. yeah i mean and i think at that point you know he's still having a hard time admitting it to himself you know this is mm-hmm. this is who i am this is who i serve and yeah it's funny that that well yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't say anything before about his. I mean, you're going on a 2,500 mile journey, and he hasn't revealed anything about his occupation right. or where he's from. Right. And you'd think you'd get to know the crew along the way or something, yeah. something to that effect. Well, well, I think the interesting thing is like the
1: Israelites, like the the Jews, they they held onto their identity mm-hmm. as the people of God, yeah, through like all of history, yeah. And so for him to be running away from God is running away from his identity. Mm -hmm. it's not just it's not just his his like vocation you know it's not his being a prophet isn't just his like his job it's like yeah he's running away from who he is it's it's his purpose yeah yeah and so we have his kind of confession here i guess oh not 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 really his confession just yet but um uh he first night he answered i am a hebrew and i worship the lord the god of heaven who made the sea and the dry land Mm -hmm. I, i think it's interesting to point out the separation between his god and the other gods the other gods are the created gods and his God is the creator of everything that we
0: yeah. see and everything that we know. Yeah, all of the all of the other gods that they were worshiping were created on Earth. Yeah, whereas our God is outside of creation, and you know something that created everything in existence. Um, yeah, I had a um, I love John
1: Lennox. He's this um, he's a pure mathematician, but he's he speaks a lot on. Um, he goes to like these atheist kind of debates and stuff like that. I love listening to the guy. He's just the bubbly old guy that you just love to love listening to. But um, he was talking about this book that Richard Dawkins wrote. It was called the God delusion. Um, and basically inside it, uh, Richard Dawkins is talking about like created gods are um, a delusion. And and so John Lennox agrees with him. He's like, yes, created gods are by definition a delusion, but I don't believe in a created God. I believe in the, the timeless, spaceless, um, immaterial God that created everything. Nothing created him. He created everything. Yeah. Um, and it's this, there is this separation. I think, um, I, I don't know. I hear, I hear a lot of people when they have, well, you know, when you go to talk to people in the street and they're talking about other religions, well, like, how do I know which one is true? Yeah. And I don't believe in, I, you know, I don't believe in these other gods. I believe in, you know, the one true God. I I think the closest would be probably Islam that has their, um, they believe that God is in the same fashion as as Christianity, but mm-hmm. um,
0: there's just slight. Well, there's differences yeah. for sure. But I mean the 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 most compelling. I, I would agree. The most compelling religions are the Abrahamic religion yeah. because they all revolve around the one true God, yeah. Yahweh, yeah. God the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, the one who has power to do and change and love and um create yeah and it's just all of the other gods have no substance like i you know you you meet people like there was a bunch of people in high school that i they were missed into mysticism and all of that stuff not not mysticism in the in the traditional early early church christian sense but mysticism as far as like uh delving into spirits and and tarot cards and yep. all of that weird stuff, and it's like those are spirits those are yeah. you know those have no power mm. unless you give them power, yeah you know, but our God has power, you know, so um there is definitely a delineation, and I think he's drawing you know he's he's showing them he's 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 showing them who he serves yeah and who he was made to serve, yeah.
1: And who created the storm that they're witness, exactly. witnessing, you know, yeah. they see his power like right before, right before their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Verse 10, this terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them. So that's kind of interesting. Like they, they go through all this like interrogation, trying to figure out, get to the bottom of this. Um, but I think if they had the, I think if they had the perspective mm-hmm. that, that his God was just like all their God's, Mm -hmm. And he's running away from, it's like, oh, well, it's probably not that big of a deal. Yeah. But once they find out who he's serving and who his God is and what he can do, like, because of what's around them, they're like, oh, this is serious. Like, yeah, the guy you serve is serious about, is serious about what he's asking you to do. Mm -hmm. He's serious about this. Um, I think, and we'll see later on, like, what this brings about, which I think is really interesting, Mm -hmm. Um, where I think God can take something that's, painful and hard and difficult and turn it for the good and there's bible verses about that yeah um but um did i just do verse 11 no i did i no no no. verse 10 okay, you did okay so verse 11, 11. Mm-hmm. the sea was getting rougher and rougher so they asked him what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us um i i'm just gonna go to verse 12 mm-hmm. pick me up and throw me into the sea And he replied and it will become calm I know that it is my fault and this great storm has come upon you. I think that's like that kind of repentance and um well,
0: you know the thing that's interesting is and I was I was hearing this from other people just who were kind of interpreting and all that stuff. Even like Jonah knows what he needs to do to calm the storm, to stop the storm from breaking up the boat and tearing it apart and throwing them all into the water. And that is to get out and jump, jump out. But yet, he says in a very apathetic manner, you got to pick me up and throw me into the sea. Like he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily care about the, the situation at hand. He's just like, here's what you got to do. I'm just here and I'm running, you know. Um, so it's actually quite interesting that he doesn't throw himself into the sea, but but relies on them to throw him into the sea that is interesting i mean and and the men you know in the next the next verse if it if it's i'll just go into the next verse however the men rowed desperately to return to land but they could not for the sea was becoming even stormier against them. So even when Jonah says, you're going to need to throw me into the sea, the men were like, I don't I don't want to forsake you. I don't want to be responsible for somebody dying at my hand. Um, so we're going to try. We're going to try to row towards land. And if we can't, uh, you know, that really wasn't an option for them yeah. until...
1: I think God had a plan.
0: God did have a plan. You know, and that's just the, the continued added pressure. If they would have got to land, Jonah would still try and find a way to escape his calling and escape what what God was doing in his life. But mm-hmm. that just isn't an option. That's when when God is going to use you, He's going to use you. You know, there's God even uses atheists mm. to to for His purpose in the kingdom. Mm. You know, so when when we're when we're looking at this and we're looking at you know just. Jonah trying to escape his calling. And then the reaction, this the 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 reaction from that, just to see how powerful God, Yahweh, God the Father, is. It changes people. Mm -hmm. Even in his disobedience, it's changing people. Interesting. So yeah. Okay, verse 14. Mm -hmm. Then they cried out
1: to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Um I think that's this is like they're they can't row back to land and so they're going to do what he asks them to do. Um I think they believe Jonah when they, when he says that I could fix this just throw me in. It seems like kind of a weird kind of a weird thing, but when you have a really strange storm um that isn't doesn't seem natural, it would make sense to have an unnatural solution to that issue. Yeah. Um if the tempest is as bad as they're saying it is, mm-hmm. um I think you'd do anything that you could to, yeah. to, to to calm the sea, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but verse uh, 15, I think. Uh, then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him.
0: And you know, that's the interesting part, is just how in Jonah's disobedience, his unwillingness, um, just his... He, he, the fact that he doesn't even care. Yeah. He doesn't even care about these men mm-hmm. who he paid to take Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't even care about them. And even in his disobedience, this causes the men to fear the Lord greatly, and fear is to hold him in high regard and reverence. It's not saying, oh, they were scared of him, they were you yeah. know afraid yeah. um, the, the fear of power. the Lord is to understand that God is God mm-hmm. and that he has power yeah and the fact that they offered sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him, so even if, that's that's yeah, even in his disobedience, he's causing these people to understand the power of God the Father um Yeah. Do you have anything on that? I think it's, it's,
1: it's interesting. Like the fact that they can't row back. I think that this played a part in why they couldn't row back. If they were able to row back in their own power and get through God's storm in their own power, um, I don't think that they would have came to the Lord. Mm. And so I think he used the storm, not just for Jonah and not just the solution that, that they come up with that he's going to be thrown into the sea. I don't think it's just for Jonah. It's also for these guys. Yeah. Um, That you need to be obedient to what God is calling you to do. Yeah, Um, it's really. I I just think it's really interesting that God made something good out of something that that out of Jonah's rebellion or his his. uh, um, I guess you said like the reluctant prophet. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think this is flagrant disobedience. (laughs) Um, But the disobedient prophet. (laughs) Yeah, the disobedient prophet. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I guess reluctant because he eventually gets to it, but. Um, in chapter one, at least, he's the disobedient prophet. Yeah. Um, but I, I love how God can still turn something so bad into something good.
0: You know, and it really just displays His sovereignty. Yeah. Just that His sovereign nature is one that is unchanging. Yeah. You know, He is going to He is going to use you for His purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you like it or not.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, um, and I, I think. Um, there were inadvertent like things that came about from my own from my own walk or my own rebellion. Hmm. Like my faith grew immensely because of what I saw and and even yeah. like even in the painful and scary situations that I was in mm-hmm. it brought about faith that is unwavering now. yeah, when at the time I, I didn't have a firm foundation of faith. yeah. And so God can bring out of, out of a crappy situation something that is great and something that is good. Um, and just like, just like this. And it wasn't intended his, uh, this wasn't the intended thing that Jonah meant to bring about, but God had a purpose through it. Yeah. Which is really interesting. I'm very
0: much that way as well. Like I need to go through, I don't, okay. I don't need to, but I tend to, when I am, when I'm processing something, I get really, really down. Like when God has something that he is changing in me, there's, there's just this inner turmoil there's this conflict and it gets really dark sometimes um but when you get in that darkness you realize how how powerful and how much you need the light hmm. you know like like camp summer camp was a great thing we just did summer camp for the youth um it was it was four five days five days four nights um, which is longer than our church has ever done it. Um, and it's like you, <laughs> you're you you're dealing with so much stuff. There's so much busyness. The, not necessarily darkness, but there's so much busyness. There's so much stuff going on. You can really get trapped into that anxiety and all of that stuff. But when you, like beforehand, when I was getting prepared, I was all down on myself. How am I going to do all of this? How am I going to prep? How am I going to, you know... I feel like I'm doing this all alone. And then you realize like when you're, when you're there, when you're like, I need help. Mm -hmm. You realize how much you need God. Mm -hmm. And then that the camp trip was absolutely amazing because I was relying on God the whole entire time. Yeah. You know, because I knew that I couldn't do it. When you know that you can't do something in your own strength, that is where the faith comes in. Yeah. That's undeniable
1: humility. mm -hmm. Like that's, that's humility that like, you can't deny, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, you're helpless to bring about the solution to something which allows you to rely, which forces you to rely on God. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah.
0: And that's one of my, one of my, one of my beefs with the American way of life, the American standard of life um, is that you can get so entrapped in wealth and, abundance and all of these things around you that you stop recognizing that God is sovereign and that you need him. Mm -hmm. You know, like I look at my life before I, you know, quit my job and started doing the podcast and, um, really just started being like, God, I can't do this alone. Uh, I I don't make enough, (laughs) you know, but God provides. So now my life, Compared to where I was before, where I was able to provide for myself, I could have my own home if I, you know, and 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 live in my own place, right? I could live um, on my own. I didn't have to rely on God's provision, right? But now I'm in a place where I have to rely on God's provision, and it's totally humbling because it's like God, <laughs> I can't pay the bills without your help. I can't do this without your help. And, you know, he's provided me a place to live. He's provided me with, you know, food on the table. He's provided me with, you know, more than I thought was possible with what I make at this point. So like just the amazing abundance that comes with, you know, serving God and just relying on him is something that you don't experience in our culture today. Everybody's always pushing you to be Oh, be successful, make a ton of money. What if God doesn't want you to make a ton of money? Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who are called to create businesses and all of these different things yeah. so that they can, you know, really, you know, and and, and money isn't, isn't the motivation. The motivation should always be to serve mm-hmm. and to serve with that money. Like, because money is a tool. Yeah. Like if you're making a ton of money, Go serve your local community, your local soup kitchen, your your homeless shelter. Right, go there. Serve the least of these. You have been given a greater responsibility because you have you have you have a tool to serve others. Mm-hmm. Um, but in our American mindset, we're just like, oh, what am I going to get next? Yeah, kind of. I, I I despise it because I I was once like that, and it's super easy to get in that trap. Where it's like, oh, I have all this money, I'm just going to spend it on a ton of stuff and I don't even care, you know? Yeah. But like, when you're in a place of, of of just relying on on God's provision, it's like, you want to give more than you're able to. So.
1: It reminds me of the, the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, how difficult it is for those who trust in their riches yeah. to enter the kingdom of heaven.
0: Yeah. You're relying on yeah, it's that, that security, first. Yeah. The
1: security of it, and I think that security takes away from the reliance on God. Yeah, it takes away from that. That's that. That's what that what you were just talking about reminded me of. Yeah,
0: I I don't know, may or may not relate to the the Book of Jonah, but that's just I I don't know. It's something something on my. Just when you rely upon yourself, when you rely upon yourself to make your own decisions, like it, it just takes it puts so much pressure on you first of all and it takes all the power from god so but yeah last verse Mm -hmm. verse 17 now the lord
1: provided a huge fish to swallow jonah and jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights
0: it's a fish
1: not a whale (laughs) (laughs) yeah we have i I, i've definitely heard people that are they're like i'll die on this hill like it's a fish um, but but we really don't know, you know i we don't were, think it takes anything we away were from actually going to do
0: a just a just a we this episode was actually just supposed to be about the debate between <laughs> the fish or the whale yeah. because that's actually the point of the story <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i just i don't think it has any i don't think it has any weight to it act, like what specifically it was mm-hmm. um, like the actual animal that it was i just know that it was a sea creature and it swallowed Jonah. He was in there for three days and three nights. And that's what God used as his transportation back to land. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if you believe that God can raise Jesus from the dead, I don't think it's too far-fetched to believe that somebody can be in the belly of a fish for three days and be okay.
0: Yeah. Actually, one of the interesting things is I was just talking to your father, uh, the which is Mike Blondino, pastor of the Lighthouse Church um and he just went through jonah and one of the b- bunny trails that he went on was he was looking up has ever, has anyone ever been in the belly of a whale um and survived
1: mm-hmm. actually yeah there was a couple of years ago there was a story about that oh really yeah well he but not found, like he not like for like three days or anything like that but
0: he found a story where a guy was trapped in the belly of a whale i, I believe it was like in the 1800s or something mm-hmm. and he was in there for 32 hours Not three days, Hmm. 32 hours. So like one and a half days. Hmm. So it's very possible for a man to be trapped in the belly of of some type of sea creature. You know, and you know, like you said, God is the God of miracles. He raised people from the dead. Split the Red Sea. Split the Red Sea. uh, Daniel in the lion's den. You know, all of these different things. And he is able, he is able to do and able to provide, you know. And you know, the way that I look at it, the, the the fish the whale it was a means of transportation back to where he was supposed to go <laughs> yeah
1: and, well i mean it's also a mercy i mean like the yeah. fish the fish is the mercy yeah he got cast into the sea um which i believe jonah he didn't think he was going to get swallowed up by a fish i believe that he thought he was going to die and he thought that, that was the solution to him running from god and that was his payment yeah and god showed him mercy yeah by giving him a way out yeah it just shows that God's like I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> like yeah, I know you ran and I know you're ready to die, but like like yeah. the, I'm not done with you yet, and you're not getting away from this. Um, I always watch the Veggie Tales Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> so like every time I think of Jonah, I think of that asparagus that plays uh, <laughs> Jonah, and I can't get it out of my head.
0: I think most people think of the Veggie Tales Jonah. Okay, that's like cool. when we were when we were doing the the, the first one of youth group, the first uh, message. Or it's just like. Okay, what do you guys know about Jonah? And I think one of the first ones was it was a VeggieTales movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very very famous VeggieTales movie and a good one. That's like that. the, one of the only ones I really remember. Yeah, I remember there was one with the Sporks. Oh yeah, the the sp- Lord of the Beans. Lord of the Beans. That was a good one. That was but, a good one. Yeah. Enough of that. Yeah. Any, yeah. That was a- <laughs> I, I do like your point on grace though. Yeah. Like or 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 uh, mercy. Yeah. Cause that seems to be one of the main points of this book is just God showing, God showing mercy on Jonah, but any, like he, he shows mercy on Jonah. He shows mercy on the sailors. He shows mercy on, on, on the Ninevites, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's just all of these, these pictures that you get when you're reading this book, just of mercy and grace.
1: Spoiler alert. (laughs) We didn't have the we didn't have the spoiler alert for the what he does to the Ninevites. Oh yeah 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 yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I mean and yeah. Uh, oh, even more of a spoiler alert. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't destroy Nineveh at this time, but later in the Bible there is another prophet who speaks about Nineveh being destroyed because um, after their repentance at the end of this book, which is a spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> there is a period of unrepentance, so. Interesting. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. We will have to talk about that probably on the last part of the episode, but yeah. Do you want to end us in prayer? Yeah. Okay. Lord, I thank you for today,
1: and I thank you for your word, and just um, the, the stories that show your faithfulness, and your mercy, and your character, and I'm just glad that Brayton and I get to dive into that and we get to learn about it and there's no, you are an infinite God and you have, there's, there's so much we can learn about you and, um, there's no end to the knowledge and the relationship that we can build with you. And it doesn't end just here. It just continues on after our life. And so I just pray that you would just continue to guide us. We're just going to take it one step at a time, one day at a time, and, uh, just continue to learn about you. Um, and I just pray for the listeners right now. Um, I just pray that you would, you would just be their rock. God, I, um, in my own walk, I know I've focused on spiritual protection and that's, and that's where I'm relying on you right now. And so I just pray that you would do the same for our listeners and just um, in any way that the enemy is coming against people right now, just keep them protected from the, the, the plans of the enemy, the spiritual attacks of the enemy. I just pray that you would keep everybody safe and um, provide for their physical needs as well as their spiritual needs. Um, just keep them safe on the roads and just keep them safe wherever they're at um, so that they can keep on walking out the the calling that you have have for them. And so um, I just pray that you would continue to provide for this podcast and just continue to provide spiritually for Brayton and I so we can be filled to pour out into this podcast and into the youth and into our churches. Um, and with that, um, we lay it at your feet, Jesus. In your name we pray, Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, um, we would like to say we would love a follow, um, (laughs) that definitely helps support, uh, the podcast and just, uh, we would love to engage with you. We have a Facebook as well as an email, which are the, the links and the at is posted down below. Um, so if you have any questions, please let us know. We would love to do a podcast, um, where we are answering questions um, that you have either about just us or what's happening in the Bible. Uh, we would love a Bible question. Um, but, um, yeah, just all of those things, those help support us. Um, also, if you'd like to give us a rating, uh, be <laughs> be uh, you can be honest. You can give us a one-star. You can give us a five-star. You can give us a two-star, three-star, yeah. four-star. Um, and I think you're able to do that on Spotify. Uh, I don't know about the other, uh, the other platforms I don't really use. Yeah. Many other ones, but, Mm um, yeah, please give us a rating. There's also a support the show button. So if you, uh, enjoy the show, if you want to see us continue to grow, um, we, we just got, uh, two more microphones. Uh, so we're able to have guests now because of user su- uh, support and and just viewer support and all that stuff. Um, so we thank you for that. Um, so I mean, there's other things that that we need for our setup. Uh, right now, we use fold up tables, and eventually, we're going to get a nice wooden table, and we'll put that together and build manufactured. It, but, oh yeah, it'll yeah. <laughs> <That'd> be sick. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so if you'd like to support us in that way, there's a support the show button. Um, only do it if, if, if you're feeling led to uh, give. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, and then also we post on uh, Fridays at 5 a.m. We occasionally post bonus episodes on Wednesday at 5 a.m. Um, so we're going to try to be posting a little bit more, uh, maybe a bonus episode every other week. Um, just so we can better serve you guys if you guys are enjoying the podcast and and try to really just increase uh, engagement and uh, increase our knowledge about the Bible because I'm learning so much as we're going through yeah. the Bible together. Yeah. It's like increasing accountability, just going through the Word and, and all of that stuff. I'm excited that we're doing um, like full series about like, S- certain books in the Bible. Right Excellent. now we're doing Jonah. We'll, pro- yeah. we'll probably do another Old Testament book and just really dive into it. Maybe, maybe Daniel. Maybe we could do an apocalypse. Oh, I love book. Daniel. I love Daniel. We could we could do a little, little study on Daniel. Yeah. That would so, be awesome. Um but yeah, um thank you for listening. Uh we love you guys. And yeah, tune in.